situation they got me facing. I can't live a normal life. I was raised by the state, so I gotta be down with the hood team. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. I'm an educated fool with well, money I must got say I'm quite sad about this. Coolio has died, age 59. It was reported the rapper died from cardiac arrest while visiting a friend in L.A. He was a Grammy Award-winning musician, multi-platinum recording artist, 17 million albums sold. He rose to fame with this song here, Gangster's Paradise. He worked as a volunteer firefighter, security at the L.A. International Airport before becoming a rapper. And uh, on a local note, Michelle Bogue adapted Gangster's Paradise to John Key's Paradise during a fundraiser back in 2016 it was filmed made a very very, very interesting uh, uh, video but um, Coolio David Slack you know not a huge amount of hits but the hits they were what, oh. a, what a tune look you can you can just do one one tune yeah. that's memorable and, and do you, it well you, you have made some lasting contribution to life it's a wonderful thing to have achieved you know there is nothing like music for um Trends, um, you know, um, crossing all boundaries and and, and uh, reaching everybody. It's, and crossing all boundaries, this song did. Everyone in the room here, everyone in the staff room here, thought, "Oh my goodness me!" Mm-hmm. Started singing "Fantastic Voyage," uh, "Cass" or "Gangsters Paradise." Were you ever a fan? Yeah, and I didn't know he died, and I'm broken. I'm just, I'm very sad about that. The the thing, though, too, how cool is an artist, though, that he's died, and that's very sad, but he's going to be with us forever, because that song will be with us forever. I mean, I I could see Sam through the window grooving to that song right now, and I was. Um, You know, it's a a legacy he's left with the music, which is a great thing about art. Sorry, somebody was just saying uh, on Twitter earlier before we came on air that uh, they were seeing people making fun of him, and and, th- and thinking, what? oh, now you're this kidding is, me. Well, yeah, um, and and this is, they were saying this is why. Now I can see why people were were, were salty about um, people making fun of the Queen. And he said, but I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, be upset about this, even though it grieves me. He's yeah. gone because uh, he'd have been happy, he'd have been cool with that. Oh yeah, first the so. Queen, now Coolio. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not quite what I'm saying, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, two great people. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not calling for a state funeral of Corleone, but nonetheless, two great, great people. Uh, it's 25 to 5, the panel. Uh, by the way, my wonderful producer says uh, it was... Uh, was it a Stevie Wonder sample, Sam? Pastime Paradise. No. From Songs in the Key of Life. There you go. All right, now to this. Earlier this year, Waka Kotahi and the New Zealand police launched a campaign towards the government's road to zero safety strategy, which is a 10-year plan with the lofty goal of reducing the road toll by 40% by 2030 and all the way down to zero by 2050. One of the biggest aspects of this plan is to um, uh, introduce massive speed cuts across the country, and they're big speed cuts. According to the police, an 80-kilometre per hour should be standard on open roads with no protective median barriers. What do you think of that? 80 k's per hour on open roads. It's all in the name of safety, but there's no doubt this will affect everyone's day-to-day lives. With us to discuss is AA spokesperson Dylan Thompson. Kia ora, Dylan. Kia ora. What, timeline first. When will these new speed limits come into place? Um, well, you're jumping the gun a little bit there, Wallace. So um, by 2024, 
all regions around the country now are going to have to produce regional speed management plans yeah. and they will set out um, the speed reductions that, um, that, that those local authorities want to introduce in that area. Um, Waka Kotahi will have to do one of those plans for the whole state highway network. Um, different regions are likely to take different scaled approaches. So there might be some places that go for quite a relatively small amount of speed changes. There might be other regions that will go for pretty much um, wide-scale blankets changes, but um, but we won't know for um, a year or two until we yeah. start seeing those specific plans come out. Yeah, so you've got this regional speed management plan 2024 that's the uh that's that's the, that's the timeline there but uh, overall though i mean i i know dylan that uh, across aotearoa uh, every sector is different with regards to roads winding long whatever but look this 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 key line here 80 kilometers per hour to be standard um there'll be some listening to this that going oh my goodness gracious me that sounds yeah. quite slow um it's a polarizing issue it really is we've done a lot <laughs> yeah. of Survey work, and um, and essentially, you have um, a group at one end that is um, is really really keen and would love to see um, speed limits reduced massively. At the other end of the spectrum, you have a group that are very very opposed to um, sort of any speed reductions, and in the middle, the biggest group majority. Uh, kind of open to some, but they're a little bit nervous about the idea of, of blanket wide-scale changes. And, and that's why, from the AA's perspective, we think the best approach here is going to be a, a mix, a balance, yeah. where we, we upgrade some highways, we improve them, we add barriers and things like that so that they are safer at higher speed. We're going to have others where we're going to... Um, we are going to have to have some speed reductions, and that's going to going to come through. And I mean, I've been on in the past talking about maintenance, and that's the other big area here, where we've got people around the country who are saying our, our highways are in really bad shape at the moment, and they need to be to be fixed up. And um, and that's the other area that we really oh, need to work don't you worry, Dylan. We've talked about potholes, um, but uh, I'll, I'll get David and Cass to come in very shortly. But really, this really hit home. Uh, for those who think, okay, 80 k's per hour, what's the deal with that? Um, uh, policing manager Matt Broderick said, who deals with fatal accidents quite a bit, he said, look, an 80 k crash will result in his staff calling a family to say a loved one is in hospital. But 80 k, it's a morgue. Uh, sorry, 100 k, it's a morgue. Um, yes, uh, I mean, it's a simple equation. The slower you you go, the less forces there will be if there is a crash and the more time people will have to react. So so eighty isn't a magic number. That means that right. there's not going to be any fatal or serious crashes, but um but there will be less, absolutely. Yes. I just uh, there was a long weekend, obviously, last weekend, and I was noticing I, I rarely actually drive on the roads on long weekends because it's so dangerous. Um, but I, uh, to me, there was there's two things. One, I I feel like um, Dylan that it's 
we've got lousy roads, and you've made that point. And compared with other countries around New Zealand, when you know our roads are windy, they're narrow. There's nowhere to to go sometimes if there's somebody who loses control and you know crosses the barrier or whatever. There's all those sort of things. But we've also got some quite idiot drivers as well. And I don't think that changing the speed limit is going to solve that problem. I it, I think it's more that um, that <laughs> we've got to do something about some of our terrible drivers. I, I actually think that overall you see that um, people are obeying speed limits more probably, particularly on a long weekend where there was police every every time you turn the corner. Um, but then you see these um, people who are either speeding and going well beyond 100, well beyond that, so they wouldn't, they're not going to take any notice of 80. Um, but the other thing is also those ones that hug the middle line, and that's where I saw all the dangerous driving over the weekend, and I've seen this before, is people don't pull to the left if they're not if they're going slower and so you see this backup of traffic and people you can almost see the stress coming off the cars people and then that's when people do stupid things so i i don't know i just i don't think just a changing the speed limit is the thing and i suppose raving here now but you talk about research when you're asking people what they think but what about research in terms of actually what is causing accidents all the time i mean is it actually okay speed yeah. Uh, Dylan, stay there. Um, let, let's bring David in first. Yeah, I was, uh, Dylan, uh, I should say first of all that I, I'm on that poll that thinks bringing it down is a bloody good idea and I'm very keen for it because I think that anybody who, any death is one too many. Mm. And I'm, my question was also to the research point, but it's some slightly different in the sense that I've got a feeling that generally there's the, the work you guys do tends to be based on a lot of overseas experience. It, would it be true to say that you have a lot of data and a lot of uh, um, evidence that shows that an aggregate approach like this that simply brings the prevailing speed down pulls down the number of incidents effectively. You don't know exactly where it's going to be, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to still see outliers, but it means that the prevailing rate is uh, of of um, accident and, and fatal accident is is diminished simply because you do this. Is uh, am I right in thinking that you've got plenty of uh, data from overseas that shows this works? Um, from overseas and in New Zealand as well, because we've got some examples where um, different stretches of highway have had speed reductions. Um, some have been to ninety, some have been to eighty, and um, and yeah, essentially, David, if you lower the speed limit and you get people to go slower, um, that almost always results in um, significant crash reduction. Um, and, you know, the just other thing I, I would add there is we've done some other research, um, and this is going back to what Kaz's question was, um, where we looked at extreme behaviour versus um, mistakes in terms of their role in crashes. And, um, and we analysed a, a number of fatal crashes and found that it, it roughly split about 50-50 in terms of um, half of the crashes involving that reckless, extreme-type behaviour and, um, and about half of the crashes involving people who were generally following the rules and, and, and doing the right thing, but somebody making right. a mistake and, um, and, and things going horribly wrong. Dylan, kia ora. Very good to have you on. And needless to say, big response to this. We might come back to it uh, tomorrow. That's Dylan Thompson, uh, the AA spokesperson there. Whether or not we uh, should have an overall open road limit, uh, 
uh, at 80 kilometres per hour. Someone says, I just drove Napier to Taupo yesterday and do so once a month. Ain't nobody going 80k. Uh, everyone going 100 and quite safe to do so, is, this, is Stephen's uh, point of view there. Wallace and Panel says, Leone, my husband and I drove from Christchurch to Little River today. About an hour's drive and it was 80 k's per hour all the way and it felt safe and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Didn't spin out when the Canada geese crashed into us leaving the lake either. There you go. Mm-hmm. You're on the panel. Gosh, that would be, yeah. Gosh, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're safe. You know, it does remind me of the other extremely um, fraught argument we've been having for months and months and months about masks. You know, People say, oh, well, I don't need one because I'm okay. Mm. And people say the same thing about driving. It's the overall, if everybody's wearing a mask, you know that everybody is safe. In the same way, if a prevailing rate is pulled down, you know that everyone is better. I get the, the arguments right. about frustration. Yeah, but, then but if your prevailing rate is lower, you're better. Yeah, but then the argument then is, will people obey the law or not? It's like... It, 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 you can make a law, but will people stick to 80? Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm getting at prevailing. You know, if mm. uh, if if you're enforcing at a certain rate, it, you tend to get a prevailing speed as well, All right. it uh, seems to me. David Slack, Cass Carter with me uh, this afternoon. By the way, the Friday mailbag, 3.45 tomorrow, and a lot of feedback today, so we'll sneak some of that in uh, tomorrow afternoon on uh, the programme, the panel. To this, <clears throat> what do you have? You've got one net. There's one health Aotearoa. There's one news. There's one Roof NZ. You've got the one foundation. And now one NZ. That's the new Vodafone. Someone on Twitter said, racist. The Vodafone brand has been in New Zealand since 1998. Now it is time to take the next step to become one New Zealand. Vodafone New Zealand Chief Executive Jason Paris said. So we thought we'd bring branding and advertising creative along for the ride. Mark Easterbrook, Mark, kia ora. Welcome to the programme. Kia ora, Wallace um, and Cass and David. And yeah. Kia ora, Mark. Yeah, hey, so look, it has a certain ring to it, Mark, not necessarily original, though. Uh, if you were in the decision-making group, uh, you've got your coffee in your hand, you, you've got your serviette, and you, uh, as you folk do, and you start putting down ideas. Is this what you would have chosen? Oh, look, Wallace, I'm not sure I can answer that question. <laughs> have a go, <laughs> have a go. I wasn't in that room. Because, uh, you know, a lot of decisions and a lot of choices and a lot of presentations happen before you get to the point um, when you make that choice. I would say whatever's happened here, Jason Paris and his team at Vodafone have felt they've made the right choice. And now the, the, they take it out into the world and they get to hear what we think and get to hear what Twitter and LinkedIn think, which I've been reading up on today. Good you have. A, you know, a good brand proves itself over time. It doesn't um, necessarily arrive in its perfect form because the brand is what your people do when they're serving their customers. Uh, is it an overtime thing? Because I can recall the hoo-ha, the brouhaha when telecom went to Spark. Yeah. Uh, people said, oh, that's rubbish. I, I thought it was rubbish, you know, because you had that real funny logo which didn't have any defined lines and people thought, yeah, oh, this, yeah. that's, that's going to flop. Um, is, it, is, it, is it just you get used to it? I think we do get used to them. Well, I mean, who knew what a Fonterra was when that was launched? I can't even remember what we had before Fonterra. It was a dairy board, but it's wasn't it? Part of the, it's part of everyday parlance now, and no one really thinks about it. Um, right. the, one, the one I think of is Zed, 
when that launched, I was probably on Twitter or LinkedIn if it existed then, being slightly rude and dismissive of it. And it's one of my favourite brands now. And it's hey, not because a... of what it's called or what it looks like. It's because when they launched, they trained their people to make your visit to the service station really friendly and nice. Got to mention before we jump. Got to mention though before um, uh, David and the cast said one New Zealand, one NZ is now a defunct political party which was opposed to the Treaty of Waitangi settlements. So um, you know, there's that aspect of it too. Cass, well, I, that is that is a point that I wonder about. And surely, Mark, you've been involved in this for years. This comes up every so often that somebody uses a name or changes their brand, and the, and they haven't done their research properly. And so, this would they have just not known that there was somebody else already using their name, or did they look at it and go, "Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just ride it out because we really like it." It seems. I, I think it's the latter. When I, I do naming jobs on a fairly regular basis, and I literally have. One window open where I'm writing ideas and one window open to Google. Right. And every five or six names that pop up, I Google them. Um, so, you know, rightly or wrongly, they, they would have known that that existed. They've made a choice and hope that they can sway what one New Zealand means to people in a different direction to what it might mean to the small number of people who um, went online and felt special about a grumpy bunch of bigots. Because it's part of Vodafone, isn't it? Uh, O-N-E is the end of Vodafone, and they're splitting off, so that's also part of the reason. Oh, that might, have, that might be one of those ideas that came up late in the piece when everyone went, wait, hold on, it's also part of our name already, and then they <laughs> high-fived each other around the room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, it's and drink champagne. All, that's yeah. all we do in the ad and design world, Wallace. We just high-five each other and no. um, talk about our own success. You do more than that, Mark, he, I know. He, he jokes. But also, I mean, pe- people are talking David. about about it being a self-own or a self-own. David, do you, yeah. like, do you like do you like the name? I was I raised my eyebrow yesterday because it, it immediately had that whiff of the um, uh, "don't shove uh, these words down my throat" um, brash Ansel kind of uh, packed, and 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 I remembered the One New Zealand Party and the One New Zealand Foundation, and I thought, yeah, this has got a, a kind of whiff of it. But I am minded that. If you you know at a, at a dinner party you'll have say one person at one end of the table and one at the other and they're both mad keen on Marvel comics say and they start having this long conversation about it and everybody else is thinking what are you going on about and I think sometimes um, the media is the is at one end of the table and social media is at the other and social media will do what a lot of us were raising our eyebrow at yesterday and say oh my god what were they thinking and then media sees it and says oh here's a story. And so it all kicks off. But everybody in the middle is saying, what are you on about? And I, right. I suspect that's what's going on here. And, okay. and also, I wanted to work in a uh, U2 reference for obvious reasons. And, and there is this line in a U2 concert where he he's about to play Helter Skelter. And he says, here's a song the beat that Charles Manson stole from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. <laughs> and there's a little bit of stealing it back potentially here. As Mark says, you know, you've got this. this uh, it's what you do with your brand that, that matters. And God, I can remember 10 years ago sitting here and we were talking about uh, this new thing called an iPad and everybody was saying, what a weird name. That's a little bit uh, yep. well, sketchy. But they made it. You know, Shell to Z. Is, I thought that was str- well, still yeah, strange. Yeah. I, Mark Kiota, thanks for your time. I, I would love to. I'd love to find out what you would have named um, Vodafone.
Maybe well, you, you, asked, you asked David Flick to hold a dinner party and we'll um, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're always good on you, Mark. All right, that's Mark Easterbrook there, branding. Uh, he names things, that's what he does for a job. Eight to five of the panel are in Dead National. Is it time to take a look, not just at rail, but into regional rail? Question is, would you use it? Dunedin City Council has approved a submission to Parliament calling for the return of a passenger rail connecting cities across the South Island. Many of you will have fond memories of the Southerner, which ran between Christchurch, Dunedin and Vicargill up to 2002. The Council's submission comes in response to the Transport and Infrastructure Select Committee's inquiry into interregional passenger rail. Submissions close on this uh, end of October, October 21, I think. With us is Dunedin City Councillor David Benson Pope. Kia ora, David. Kia ora, Wallace. When we say interregional, what are we talking about? Are we talking about your likes of Mosgiel, Cavisham, Dunedin? No, we're predominantly talking about, um, don't forget we own, you know, the most photographed um, building in the country in yeah. our railway station. Um, we're talking about um, Canterbury South. We're talking about Christchurch, Dunedin, Invercargill primarily. Uh, we're not we're not talking about the Torrey Gorge Rail, which we own and we bought from uh, being removed ourselves in the 90s, you'll be aware. Um, but we think there's a missed opportunity here for something that fits much better with our carbon neutrality, emissions goals, sensible sensible transport. And strangely enough, after this um, submission was approved on Tuesday of this week, uh, I had calls, as did other colleagues from around the country, saying that would be wonderful. We sadly missed the southerner, as you commented yourself. I think there's just an opportunity going begging here. There'll be quite a few people getting in touch with us, David, about uh, their southerner stories, I can tell you that. But uh, let's um, bring, <laughs> bring in our panel. Uh, Cass, what's, what's your thought? Is it something that you would take? Is it a service that you would use? Oh, absolutely. I love trains. They're brilliant. And I just looked at the story and thought, bring back the rail car. I, I you know, and, 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 you know, those rail cars, I, I understand, were quite um, cost efficient compared with actually full, full on trains. My mum used to pack me off to Palmerston North to stay with my sister and with a duffel coat and a pair of gumboots because that's what... On the blue street. <laughs> yeah, that's, ah. the, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so it's a yes from you, Cass. Yeah. So stay there. Um, uh, David will bring David Slack in. Love it. I, I'm. Never saw a train I didn't like, and 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 I would love to see way more trains put on, and I would like to see the uh, the, the value of um, being carbon zero or, or lower carbon yeah. rather, mm. sorry, uh, recognised sure. and, okay. and and uh, the, the the cost of that factored in. So we all love it. We all, and I can tell you something right now, David Benson Pope. We put out a poll. People would absolutely love trains and train travel. My question to you is, would they use it? Uh, yeah, I think they would, um, because um, it, it sort of also fits with the conversation you were having earlier about road speed limits. Uh, and, and we know that um, a country like New Zealand is just perfectly suited to mass movement by rail. And that's happening, thank goodness, with the slight change of attitude that we've had. Hillside, pretty um, important to Dunedin people, is being refurbished and rebuilt for exactly this purpose, new rolling stock and so on. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, there's, the gap is the work on the lines and the local gap for us, which is most important about some local transport, particularly immediately south to Mosgiel, 
is that there's no passing loop, and so the heavy use of freight on those lines, which is great, uh, means that it's harder to put a passenger... But, um, but the argument, I, get, I, I really get that, and I, I, I get what's happening in Hillside, but the argument is that we just do not have the population mm. to support a service like inter-regional travel by rail. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, that's not the feedback I'm getting, and it's not what I heard from uh, your panel a moment ago. Uh, and, you know, anything that um, can bring the maintenance levels that we need to get those lines sped up a little. We're not talking about changing the tunnels or changing the gauge or anything silly. We are just wanting more attention to be given to the funding right. for for the South. But it would have to be subsidised, wouldn't it, David? You wouldn't, it wouldn't be cost-effective to run that? That's what uh, we've no, shown but before. it might be a, a lot more socially and environmentally effective. Agree, to, agree. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to go road. with what's the obvious solution for a lot of our transport needs. And that's what I was getting at with the calculus uh, that, that's applied. That I, I'd like to see see the, uh, the 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 emissions benefit factored into it, and I'd like to see the um, uh, the the. the, the I, I would like to see us trying to do with mass transit what other countries have successfully been doing, which is making it affordable or free, mm. and moving people in vast numbers into it because the, this is the kind of thing that tends to ga- gather momentum. But also the other thing is freight, because we spend a lot of money on roads in New Zealand that then with the heavy trucks um, wreck the roads, mm. and so they have to keep spending money all the time. So I think that there needs right. to be a balance there. Interesting discussion. Hey, David benson type kia ora. Thank you very much for your time. Um, Thank you, and uh, yes, your Southern Express is always most welcome. I've just finished my voting inspired by your discussion, and it was so easy. Definitely better without the DHB stuff. You betcha. <laughs> yep. It, it, it really does make it a very simple and clear kind of experience, and you think, oh, I'd, I'd be ready to do another if one right panel, away. If the panel has influenced one person today well to get done. off their backsides and vote, that's enough for me. I'm off you to bet. do it now as well myself. So That's there's two true. people. Yes. Casca. Go, Casca. Kia ora to you both. I'm Wallace Chapman. Uh, into my 3.45 for Friday. Power Belt on Friday. Checkpoint is next.